Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to answer the question, can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. In 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul is writing to his son in the ministry, Timothy, and he tells him in verse 15 of the second chapter, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Again, Paul encourages Timothy uh, by telling him to be diligent to present himself uh, approved of God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And it's interesting that Paul uses uh, this phrase, the word of truth, because God's word is rooted in Christ himself, who is the embodiment of truth. In John 14 and 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. And so it's important to know what truth is. In order to know what falsehood is, in in order to know what lies are, we need to know what the truth is. I've said this many times. Many um, individuals or those that work for the federal government in the area of currency, they are first introduced to authentic currency, And the point of introducing them to the authentic currency is they want them to study the real thing. They want them to know the ins and outs of what um, real money feels like, what real money looks like, what real money, um, what traits they may have. So they are introduced to the real thing. So when the false or when the inauthentic thing come uh, across their way, they're able to identify because they've been exposed to the true currency. 
So once you know the truth, when lies come across your table, you're able to identify them once you know the truth. So the question is, what is truth? And truth uh, has two dimensions to it. Truth, in terms of definitions, um, we're going to unpack the two uh, definitions that's associated with truth. Number one, truth is telling something like it is. Truth is telling something like it is, if that's how you want to define it. Then, number two, in the theological circles, uh, we often say truth is that which corresponds to its object. That which corresponds to its object. So, if you make a statement, that statement needs to correspond to reality. It needs to correspond to objective truth. And there is such a thing as objective truth. Not subjective truth, but objective truth. Objective truth that uh, can be uh, verified, that, that, that can be uh, looked at from different angles. Uh, when something is subjective, it's very difficult uh, to ascertain whether or not that, uh, that statement that's being made is factual because uh, that's your subjective feelings, that's your su- uh, subjective thinking, that's your paradigm, that's your worldview, and it's hard to test those things if it's not objective. So when we talk about truth, we're we asking the questions on today's episode, can you handle the truth? And the reason why we're posing that question on a Christian platform is because there are many people who profess to be Christian in today's society, and they can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth because it violates their worldview. They, 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 they've come to Christ with their own preconceived notions with their own preconceived ideologies, with their own preconceived philosophies. They've come to Christ uh, wanting to carry with them uh, worldviews and isms that doesn't cross over into Christianity. This is why Jesus was uh, given the statement uh, that you can't put new wine into old wineskin. There are some things that we were doing before accepting Christ that doesn't cross over once we make him Lord and Savior of our lives. And so truth is telling something like it is, and truth is that which correspond to its object. We had a great time this past weekend with our young people at the Apologetics Boot Camp, and they were able to learn um, the different disciplines rooted in truth. Uh, rooted in uh, biblical truth, rooted in objective truth. And we were able to share with them in the areas of God and biology, God and astrology, God and uh, archaeology. So we were giving them arguments rooted in truth so they can defend and articulate their faith. So when we talk about truth, truth is rooted in the laws that God gave us. God gave us four universal laws of logic. And the first one is the law of identity. The second one is the law of excluded middle. The third one is the law of logical inference. And the fourth one is the law of non-contradiction. And the law of non-contradiction is what I want to highlight. It basically states that two opposite statements cannot be both true 
at the same time in the same sense. One has to be true and the other one has to be false. So, for example, a woman is either pregnant or not pregnant. She can't be kind of pregnant. Uh, So it's either one. She's either pregnant or not pregnant. And so when we look at it from that paradigm, then we can't say uh, that all religions are the same. All religions are not the same. There's one religion that is making an exclusive statement, and that's Christianity. Christianity says um, there's no other way to the Father but by Jesus Christ. Christianity says uh, that Jesus is the only Savior. Uh, Christianity says that we don't work for our salvation. Christ has already performed the work on the cross, and he's inviting us into a loving relationship that we may get saved. But the work has already been performed in terms of salvation. Now, once we get saved, then we work because we are already saved, not to get saved, but we already saved. And because we love the Lord and because we're being obedient, now we're going to perform the work that he expects us to do. But the work has already been been performed on a cross as it relates to salvation. So let's look at the nature of truth. And I hope we can answer that question in the affirmative by the time we end this broadcast. Can I handle the truth? I'm hoping that you can say, yes, I am willing to um, believe God. I'm willing to trust God. I'm willing to side with him. I'm willing to reason with him. And this is why um, God tells us, come, let us reason together. And God is not intimidated. God is not um, impressed by our uh, logical uh, prowess. He's not impressed by our ability to um, consume information. He, he's not impressed. Every good thing we have come from him anyway. So whatever questions you have, God has an answer. The, the question is, can you handle the truth? And if you can handle the truth, then our views on social matters would be that of God. We're not trying to twist it. We're not trying to regurgitate what secular scientists are saying. We're not trying to um, adjudicate through popularity, uh, but we're willing to believe in what God has said. So let's look at the nature of truth. Number one, truth is truth, whether you have immediate evidence to support it or not. So in years past, many intelligent scientists, they argue, as an example, that the world was flat. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. And not round. Some smart people argue for this. It may seem silly to bring it up now because uh, most contemporary scientists now believe in a global earth. When was, when was the last time you saw a flat globe? It's a contradiction. This, this is purely, purely uh, to make a point. My objective is not to be trivial, but to illustrate that the world was indeed uh, a global in nature, even though the earlier scientists, some of them, had no evidence to support it. So once 
they were able to ascertain and gain more evidence, it basically corroborated what those early scientists already believed. So what they believed was true. It's just that the evidence hadn't caught up with it yet. In the same way, there are those who are being represented by the Innocence Project. And if you don't know what the Innocence Project is, you can Google it. And the work of the Innocence Project is focused on uh, trying to liberate uh, prisoners who were falsely accused and um, basically uh, charged with a crime. And in many of those cases, those inmates, uh, from the first day that they were arrested, said they were not guilty. They were not guilty, but they went to court, and because they didn't have proper legal representation, uh, like some other people with with money, clouts, uh, and, and connections, they were sentenced and found guilty for a crime they did not commit. But all along, they, uh, they stated that they were innocent. They were innocent men. They were innocent women. But because they didn't have proper representation, because there wasn't immediate evidence to support their claim, they were found guilty. So what the innocent pro- Innocence Project, uh, the work that they do, is they find out um, or they research uh, many of these prisoners' confessions and statements and testimonials and find out which uh, ones are worthy of their representation. And in many cases, they've uh, been able to find evidence to support the claim of these ex-inmates, thus uh, being able to go to court and to liberate them uh, from the uh, sentencing and, and, and from the judgment. So my point is this. Their immediate claim was they were innocent. But when they went to court, there wasn't immediate evidence to support it. So they was found guilty. But once evidence came into light, that evidence was able to corroborate their initial testimony. So something can still be true whether you have immediate uh, evidence to support it or not. And the reason why this question is so important is because oftentimes skeptics and those that don't believe in the uh, statements of, of Christianity uh, will, will challenge us to produce evidence. They, they'll say, well, I can't believe this because uh, we haven't found this, that, or the other through archaeology. I'm not going to believe this because you don't have objective uh, evidence to support your claim. Well, just because we may not have the Ark of the Covenant doesn't mean it didn't exist. Just because we may not have Noah's Ark or haven't uh, discovered it doesn't mean it didn't exist. Just because uh, we haven't found a certain civilization as cited by the Bible doesn't mean the Bible is wrong. So something can still be true even if you don't have immediate evidence to support it. Let's take, for example, the Hittite civilization. For many years, many skeptics um, said the Bible wasn't true because it talked about this Hittite nation, which hadn't been unearthed, which hadn't been discovered, so they didn't believe it. Well, lo and behold, um, remnants and artifacts and archaeological finds proved that the Hittites actually um, existed. So then those same skeptics were uh, faced with this evidence, and they had to acquiesce yet that they were wrong about that statement. So again, something can still be true, even if you don't have immediate, immediate evidence to support it. Number two, 
Truth is not created, but it is revealed. Truth is not created, but it is revealed. We're living in a world uh, where many believe they can create new truth. And those truths that they create are oftentimes contradictory to God's word. Many subscribe to uh, this fallacy of argumentum ab honest, which is an informal fallacy that states that all truth is subject to aging. So in other words, they're saying, in other words, they're saying something cannot be true because it's old-fashioned. I'm sure many of you have heard that. Well, the Bible is old-fashioned. The, the Bible is no longer relevant. The Bible is dated. The Bible um, uh, is, is not in vogue. Uh, that's what we used to do, but uh, science has supplanted the Bible for truth veracity. Uh, so many people uh, make these claims against Scripture or against Christian doctrine that it's obsolete because it's old, because it's traditional. It's obsolete. Well, truth doesn't have an expiration date. We can find numerous examples of argumentum abanus. When, uh, uh, when you look around your environment, have you ever heard anyone say, uh, may, maybe you heard people say, get with the times. Everyone is shacking up or doing it. Um, waiting until marriage to have sex is so old fashioned. Um, who would have believed that we would have to define what marriage is, Right? We're trying to redefine what marriage is. And is it true that you can get married under any condition or to anyone based on how you feel? Is, is that true? So the world is not trying to recreate new truth. And what we're arguing as Christians that um, truth has been around since the beginning of time. We do not have the authority to recreate truth. Truth, truth doesn't need uh, uh, to be recreated. It doesn't need to be redefined. Whatever God created is true. So fortunately, God leaves no room for white lie arguments or gray areas. God leaves no room for white lie arguments or gray areas. So we have to be careful. And that's why we're in such a dilemma in today's society. We're in a dilemma because God has already established truth. When he created the universe, truth came along with it. So when man uh, stumbles upon truth, he doesn't create it. He's discovering it. Einstein never said, I created uh, the theory of relativity. He never said that. He said, I discovered the theory of relativity. Newton never said, I created the laws of gravity. He discovered the laws of gravity. So they were already here. When God created uh, the universe, these truth claims were already here. Truth of morality, truth of ontology, scientific truth. God created them. So we um, that are just a few days old, we don't have the type of authority to supplant God's truth. We're trying, but it'll never uh, be acceptable. God has already given us what our boundaries are, what our boundaries are as human beings, what our boundaries are as a man. 
bound, what our boundaries are as a woman, what, what our boundaries are as a parent, what our boundaries are as children. God has already set these concrete boundaries. And so when we go against these boundaries, then we suffer. This is why so many of our youth are suffering. They're suffering with their identity because we're trying to redefine truth. This is why there are so many uh, marriages that are falling apart because we're trying to redefine truth. This is why uh, our communities are, are so uh, chaotic because we are trying to redefine truth and we're telling God we don't need you. We have science to guide us. We are, uh, we are fine without you. Well, look around you. How is your neighborhood? Is it moral? Is it safe? Is it what you thought it will be since we decided to take prayers out of school? Has it gotten any better? Have we become better people? And the answer is unequivocally no, 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 no. What we're doing is not working. And the only way things are going to get better, if it is going to get better, is for people to be saved and, and get a relationship with their maker through Jesus Christ. The heart has to be circumcised. And if you want a man to change for the better, if you want a woman to change for the better, introduce them to Jesus Christ. So can you handle the truth? I'm hoping uh, that this information um, is palatable. Jesus says he is the shepherd and his sheep hears his voice. And these biblical claims that I'm making, they're not going anywhere. Whether I'm here or whether God calls me home, his truth is eternal. It's not going to expire. Number three, truth is not based on popularity. Number, remember, number one was something is true, whether or not we have immediate evidence to support it. Uh, something can still be true, whether or not you have immediate evidence to support it. Number two, we said truth is not created, but it is revealed. And then this third one, truth it's not based on popularity. Now, some would argue that an act or belief should be accepted because the majority now accepts it. The truth of God is not subject to opinion polls. God's truth will always be true, even if the majority disagrees with it. So in order to prove our case, let's look at science. Many scholars now believe we originated from apes. They contend that we evolved from primates instead of being created by God in his image. Genesis 1.26. Moreover, we can see the weakness in this view when we look at the atrocities committed at Auschwitz by the Nazis. The popular belief was that Jews were inherently inferior to uh, Germans. So as a result, this worldview became their justification for murder. It is noteworthy that Hitler was a student of Darwin's theory of natural selection. Darwin's influence is still far-reaching, even until today. So many contemporary thinkers still believe we originated from early monkeys. They deny the existence of God and embrace the evolutionary theory model, all because 
um, the, pop, uh, the majority now have embraced Darwin's theory um, uh, of, of evolution. Now, Richard Dawkins, a notable atheist, not only denies that God exists, but he mocks the doctrine of faith as described in Scripture. Uh, Dawkins writes, faith cannot move mountains, though generation of children are soundly told the contrary and believe it. But it's capable of driving people to such dangerous folly that, it, that faith seems to me to qualify as a kind of mental illness. And, and this is important because this is how a lot of people feel about Jesus Christ, God, uh, faith, and Christianity. Uh, they, they, they think uh, Christians are under uh, uh, delusion and our truth claims are not objective and cannot be proven. So here is the conclusion. I hope that you realize the truth exists, that God created truth, and that we cannot redefine truth. God has set up a solid and unmovable plumb line. And if we would follow it, we'll be a lot more happier than we are right now. Well, our time have come to a close. I hope you were able to glean something. Go on our website to check out what we're doing as a ministry. And remember, to do for the truth what so many do for a lie, please continue to give. Support us with your donation. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.